Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Cody and Hallie are sisters in Barbara Kingsolver's novel, Animal Dreams. It's the 1980s, and Hallie gets the itch to hit the road. She goes to Nicaragua, and it's during the Contra War, so her family is concerned about her. And Hallie writes a letter home to her sister to explain kind of what's going on with her. And she says this, Cody the least you can do in your life is figure out what you hope for. The most you can do is live inside that hope. What I want is so simple I almost can't say it. Elementary kindness. Enough to eat and enough to go around. The possibility that someday the children will grow up to be neither the destroyers nor the destroyed. That's about it, Cody. I'm living inside that hope. I'm running down its hallway and touching the walls on both sides. I can't tell you how good it feels. You know, that's the kind of thing you learn on the road. You learn a little bit about the world and a little bit about yourself. That's the reason you take the journey. Jesus understood that. One of his favorite stories was about a journey. It starts like this. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his property in dissolute living. So the prodigal hits the road. There's been a long time draw to the road. Again, the hands on the wheel, tank full of gas, no map, heads Carolina, tails California. Just go and discover what you discover along the way. It's a theme that's classic. It's as old as Odysseus and his journey after the fall of Troy. It's not altogether unlike Inman as he tries to find his way home near the end of the Civil War in the cold mountain. Huck Finn, he's all but pushed on the road. His road is the Mississippi River. Captain Ahab, he goes out onto the open sea, possessed and crazed, trying to eliminate evil as he sees it. And there's Tom Joad, Grapes of Wrath. He drives until he can find a place in this world that has a place for him. It's Canterbury Tales, it's Life of Pi, it's Lord of the Rings. Even Dr. Seuss says, oh, the places you'll go. The road has long, has long time had a draw to us. Willie Nelson, can't wait to get on the road again. For Rascal Flats, life is a highway. For Springsteen, well, tramps like us, we were born to run. There's a restlessness in us, isn't there? 
St. Augustine, that old teacher, he, he says that that restlessness is the way that God has made us. There's a yearning for something different, for, for something new, for something new about ourselves. Someone said all these journeys, they're really about self-knowledge. Uh, maybe a way to say that is we're looking for a life that is authentic, that's real, that's, that's deep and meaningful. And, and we know that, that we haven't found that yet. And we spend our whole lives looking for it. Is that hunger that, that puts us on the road and when we can't find it where we are, we gotta we gotta figure out where can we go to find it. It's it's like that song in Hamilton, in New York, you can be a new man. I think that's the prodigal. He looks around and he says, This isn't my life, this isn't my home. So he puts his dad and his brother and everything he has known to this point, he puts them all in the rear view mirror and he heads out on the road. Now, this prodigal is no hero for most interpreters, and that's justified. When you go and ask your dad for your inheritance while the old man is still around, it's the equivalent of saying, I wish you were dead. Uh, their relationship appears not to have been the best. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason the prodigal had the itch to hit the road. It might also be part of the reason dad was willing to let him go. He's not a hero, that's for sure. But there's something else about this guy that we don't want to miss. It takes some courage to head out. Our guy's got courage. You've got to give him that. If you've ever looked at your life and said, this isn't it. I, I'm not home yet. I, I'm not who I want to be. If you've ever done that, you know it takes courage to do something about it. Our guy has courage, and that courage launches him on his road trip. There's a spiritual reality here. We know that in our lives, we are called to live as Jesus Christ lived in this world, to love as he loved in this world. And we're not there yet. And the gap between who he is and who we are that gap is what launches us on our spiritual road trip. And it, it takes courage. Here's what I think. I think we spend our whole lives becoming the person that God calls us to be. We never quite reach it. We spend our whole lives becoming the person that God calls us to be. Our, our whole life is a spiritual journey to a new self that's waiting. See if this makes sense. When I was seven or eight, my whole life was baseball. <laughs> I was, I, was, I was sure I was going to be a major league ball player. I was confident of it. Now, I was a terrible athlete. I just didn't know it. There are a lot of things I didn't know when I was eight. I, I thought Pop-Tarts were real food. I, I thought my dad knew everything. I thought girls were a creation flaw. Well, it didn't take long before I realized 
none of that was right. Give it, oh, I don't know, 10 years maybe, I put my glove down and I picked up the guitar and music captured my soul and I thought for sure that I was gonna be a musician that hit the road. <laughs> I, I was wrong about that. I had grown, I no longer ate Pop-Tarts. I realized my dad didn't know everything and I thought girls were God's best idea. <laughs> now for a while I thought I might make my living this way and that's before you meet people like Nathan Bliss and discover what God-given talent really sounds like. Now look, I still enjoy listening to a baseball game, watching a baseball game every now and then. On a rare occasion, I'll pick up the guitar and stumble through a few licks. But the truth is, I am no more like who I was. I don't see the world the way I did. I don't value what I used to. It's hard for me to believe that I'm actually that guy. You see, I think the journey is like that. And I don't think it stops. It doesn't matter how old you are. We're always on a spiritual journey to become ourselves, the person God calls us to be. And it takes courage. And our guy, our prodigal, he had courage, and it took him to to some surprising places. Listen how the story continues. It says, when he had spent everything, a severe famine fell upon the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him out into the fields to feed the pigs. He would have been glad to have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, and here I am dying of hunger? I will get up, and I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father. This is important. The passage says, when he came to himself. That's why he's on the journey. It's self-discovery. It's, it's self-knowledge. It says, when he came to himself, surprisingly to me, his first thought is about his dad. The, the guy, remember, that he wished was good as dead? The guy who symbolized his confinement and constraint? The guy he needed to escape from so that he could discover himself, make his own mark to become independent in the world? And now... His first thought is about his dad. What's going on here? Here's what I think. If I understand the text, what happens is the prodigal realizes it's a very narrow window between being independent and just being alone. Father is a relational word. If I understand it, what the prodigal has recognized is he can't be who he's called to be. He can't be who he was created to be if he's just alone. He has to belong. 
That's what he discovers on the road. It's not about being independent. He needs to belong. Now, he hasn't quite figured it all out yet because he comes back to his dad and he says, look, I know I'm not worthy to be your son. I could be a servant. You don't become a child because you're worthy. It isn't about that. But even now, even then, he's defining himself by his relationships. He knows he's got to understand himself as one who belongs, who is in relationship. You know, I think, I think the hardest thing about what we're going through right now is how we are pushed away from one another, how we are isolated and sometimes lonely. It's both the restrictions of COVID as well as the polarization of the political season that is pushing us away from one another, that's causing uh, trust to erode between one another. It is inviting us to choose between the righteous and the unrighteous. It is making us suspicious of one another, and it's destroying us. It's destroying us because we weren't created to be cut off from one another. We were created for relationship to belong. The person we're created to be is defined by relationship. So a couple of nights back, I was taking a walk in my neighborhood. It's about dusk, and I, I passed a neighbor's house, and, and there was a mom and her little, little son. They were out in the front yard, and they were playing, and, and he was running across the yard with his choppy little steps, and over his shoulder, he was teasing her. He was saying, you can't catch me. You can't catch me. And mom, she was doing what what moms do. She was slowly coming after him saying, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And the closer she got, the more he squealed. And he was running away as if he wanted to escape. But that's the last thing he wanted. The whole point of this is to be caught, to be scooped up in loving arms so that you can know in your marrow that you are claimed that you belong. It's the first lesson we learn on the road. Our basic spiritual need is to know that we belong. St. Augustine said God made us that way. He said it this way. Oh God, you have created us for yourself and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. You belong. You are loved by a holy love that calls you by name and will never let you go. You know, it's no accident that our journey of faith begins right here at this font because it's here that we are lifted up before the whole of God's people and proclaimed we are God's children. We are claimed by a love that calls us by name, not because of the love that is in our hearts, but because the love that lives in God's heart. Trust that. You belong in this world 
because you are claimed by a God who will never let you go. Now, you may forget that at times. You may even run and say, you can't catch me. But there is no escaping this relentless, gracious, all-claiming love. Rest in that and know that you belong. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.